The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Allison Sutter. Allison is an author, intuitive, and spiritual mentor. In addition to having taught for over 25 years in different areas of education and self-help, Allison's certifications include a Holistic Life Coach Level 1 and a Thinking into Results Facilitator. The author of several self-help and children's books, she continuously pursues her passion of creating new, inspiring, educational content supporting those who are awakening spiritually. Her work has inspired thousands worldwide to trust their inner guidance as true north, to be confident and truly happy, even in the midst of life's challenges, and to use the power of authenticity to navigate the road to sustainable success. Allison, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I am very much looking forward to talking about your journey, your intuitive journey, your spiritual journey, whatever it is that you want to share today. But what I'm really hoping to show is just how following those intuitive breadcrumbs have helped you get to where you are in your life today. Perfect. Uh, Would you mind first starting, start telling us what it is that you're doing these days that brings you happiness and fulfillment? So I work with individuals, typically women, mostly women. I haven't had any men yet. doesn't mean I couldn't, but I work with women on a, an approach, a perspective, a program that I created called Accelerate Your Mojo. And it works on three things. Um, works on tapping into and trusting that intuitive guidance, uh, transforming fear, doubt, all of those limiting emotions when they show up in real time, and being one's authentic self. So I do that in my sleep, I do that in my wake state. It is my utter passion. And that's what I do. Oh, I absolutely love it. Now, I imagine there was a time that perhaps you didn't work so closely with your intuition and what felt right. Would you mind bringing us back in your past, however far back you want to go that you feel is profound or important in your journey of following and listening to your intuition? If you want to give us a little bit of background about maybe how you grew up. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I always, in hindsight, of course, this is in hindsight. When I think back on my growing up, there were specific memories that I had where I was intuitively connected. And that was interspersed with moments of dis- moments like <laughs> years of disconnection. So for example, like when I was three on, I remember having a vision of being a light being. I'm standing on a stage. There's thousands of people there. And I'm focusing on the energy of love. And as I do that, the physicality of my arms and everything melts away and I become this light being. And that started around age three. 
I didn't tell anybody. It was just the thing that I did, right? And then, of course, time passes. You start growing up. I get into, and I also remember being in church. And I don't think my family was very religious per se, but it was more a combination of societal expectation with my dad being a physician. And I don't know, just one of those things you did. But I remember being in church and looking up at people and knowing who honestly believed and who was just given it lip service. I don't know how I knew. I'm like, oh, you're just, you know, I, I just knew. I just knew people were uttering words and they didn't believe in higher power or something that they, I don't know. That's, that was my experience. And then when I was about the age of 12, there was a situation that I remember specifically. It was very traumatic. My sister had a lot of challenges growing up. Um, she was in drug rehab by the time she was like 14 in a, in a kid's home. And so there was a lot of stuff going on with my sister. And there was a, a situation where the police came to her house because of something my sister accused my dad of doing, which she didn't do. It was a very traumatic situation for everyone. But I remember in that moment, looking at my dad and knowing full well that this is an explosive emotional situation and him sort of being unemotional. And what I took away from that communication was we don't talk about emotions. And so him being a physician, he was trained to just shut down emotionally. At least that's what he thought he was supposed to do. So he did. But I remember being so what I would call now what people call empathic or telepathic or, you know, sensitive or whatever word you want to put on it. And so that shut me down. Because I was like, wait a second, I see energetically everything that's happening, but we're not going to talk about it. It di it didn't make me any, it didn't make any sense, and so I shut down as a teen with all the trauma that was going on with my sister and stuff. And I did drugs and alcohol, and I just like numbed myself for many years. And then when my mom died when I was twenty, I had an experience where after she took her last breath, like seconds afterwards, she and I had this. Um, communication that was probably agreed upon before we came here, where I knew all of the drama, all of the pain, all of the agony that we experience in this sense of disconnection of being physical was not something you experience when you release yourself from the physical perspective. I just knew it. It was like this whole data download came in and I hooked up to that intuitive self hundred percent. And then of course I go back through life and you know, I would swing back and forth. I'd have these experiences. Um, like when I went to, I was living in Paris in my senior year of college mm -hmm. and there was some political unrest in Greece. And my dad's like, do not go to Greece. So I went to Greece, but I knew um, after the fact that that was an intuitive guidance because thinking back into middle school, there was a kid who brought a picture from Greece from a trip that he went on. And I, 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 that memory came up. I'm like, oh my God, there's that, that, uh, that memory was seared into me in middle school that somehow the potential for Greece to be impactful. Well, that's where I met my husband, Jeff. So, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like in and out, in and out, in and out of these, these moments that I've had throughout my whole life, but it all kind of came to a head after I had worked with somebody who was famous in personal development. And really what was encouraged was memorization workbook 
stuff that this guy put out doing it his way and that that put me over the edge I left that relationship totally just in tears you know kind of traumatized that I did not follow my own my own voice but on the other side of that was sort of when you hit you know metaphoric rock bottom you're like what am I going to do now the only option now is to follow your intuition fully thoroughly and that was probably in 2014 15 down there what was that like for you when when you hit that metaphoric rock bottom and then came out of it with a with a different knowing and understanding well the the experience was painful because I thought I had gone the wrong way, right? I had wasted $20,000. Nothing came of it. I was not in love with any of the decisions I made. So the experience itself was a very painful experience. But I didn't have anything else to I wasn't going to invest in anyone else's way. It just wasn't going to work. And so I just started little by little exploring, you know, different topics that I could teach. Uh, it felt refreshing it felt satisfying. It felt everything opposite of what I had felt before. Because when I was working with that guy, my anxiety was through the roof, through the roof. Um, and I think that when you're, you're going opposed to your intuitive guidance, you can get things like anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the most pivotal moments in my creating a relationship with my own inner guidance. Um, that I have now that I trust implicitly. And who do you think is behind that intuitive guidance or what? (laughs) Well, that's a good question. So the thing that I invite everybody to do is, is what is your definition of intuition? Because words that we use in the human experience are words that we made up, right? They're human words. They're words that we gave definitions to. And so my definition might not be the same as someone else's, but I can share mine. And what mine is, Intuition is a translating mechanism between me and my non-physical consciousness that is typically called your higher self. So this aspect of you that's connected to your oversoul or connected to your soul or connected to you in a non-physical way has a bird's eye view of everything that's going on and it's sending signals to me through vibration. But I don't speak vibration through the physical perspective necessarily what i speak is intuition what i speak is emotion so i so intuition is the is the translating mechanism that translates vibration into a language that i speak so i speak clairsentience clairaudience clairvoyance claircognizance right i speak these languages um, and i can translate the messages so that i can stay going in a direction that has all of the kinds of experiences within it that I desire. And that doesn't mean it's every intuitive hit leads to an exact outcome. It means it's on the way to everything that I want to experience. How can you teach somebody or what do you say to somebody who wants to maybe develop or hone in on their own intuition? So That's an interesting conversation because what I'm trying to do is convince people that they're already intuitive. So I usually give them the formula that goes like this. This is follow your highest level of excitement. 
from the choices that you have before you in any given moment, take it as far as you can take it, you can't take it any farther. Um, there's gonna be a stopping point. And then don't demand that that excitement, because intuition also comes through in a form of excitement. That's your passion, your bliss, right? It, it's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a direct communication with that. And then don't demand that that excitement be something and stay in a positive mindset no matter what. If you follow that formula, you will be listening to your intuition by default. And I think the misconception is that people think intuition is supposed to come through in these uh, grandiose ways, that it, there's going to be a marching band, <laughs> you know, when you hear your intuition. No, it, it's, it's small things that come through in, in your own voice, in your own head, like an idea. Like go to the grocery store now and at the grocery store, you run into that person that you needed to talk to. And then you, you know, got something settled or whatever, you know, it's like, it's not these massive, miraculous um, show-stopping moments. It can be, but usually it's a hint, an inclination, a nudge towards something. And it all comes through in your path of least resistance through you. You might not even recognize it, right? So just some, for someone to say, I'm not intuitive or I can't follow my intuition is a misunderstanding about how it's actually happening already for you. How, would, how did that part of your journey look like as you were learning to listen to your intuition and deciphering what was intuition and maybe what wasn't? Tears, yeah. <laughs> sadness, <laughs> second guessing, self-doubt. It, it's, it really is a moment by moment activity. A moment by moment, you have to, I had to rein it in and rein it in and rein it in. My imagination used to get so carried away with being in the future and getting something far away from me. I had to, I had to pull things back to being okay and being happy in the present moment, even though there are still things that I want to do and accomplish. I realized that I could, I had, I had to stop getting involved in the future so intensely and just sit and recognize and then acknowledge when I, you know, get a hit that I believe to be an intuitive communication, whatever regard, and then follow it and see what happens. I often tell the story about when we got these flyers in the mail for Stella and my middle child, who's going to go to college next year. And you know, we get hundreds of flyers. I usually just recycle them all except mm-hmm. for one, right? I, I held on to this one. I'm like, oh, oh, this <laughs> is interesting you know, perfect college for my kid. We went there, we had a visit. So it's, it's, you know, just following the moment by moment, acknowledge it, acknowledgement of what is your highest excitement now. And that doesn't mean everything is pure bliss. It just means from where you are, how, how much better can you be? Like if you're depressed, your highest excitement isn't going to be joy. You know, you have to be pretty close to joy to get to joy. So how much can you move within the realm of where you are so that you feel better? Your intuition's coming through. It's guiding you. It's, it's, it's calling to you like a carrot on a stick with that. This feels good. And this feels good. And Ooh, that's interesting. And that's curious. And Oh my gosh, look at that. What, what is your take on ego? So ego is a construct that you need to live in the physical world. For example, a lot of people put a lot of emphasis and ego can be positive or negative because everything can be positive or negative. So ego is like a diving mask. If you were to go under the water, under the sea, and you wanted to see clearly, 
you would put on a diving mask and that diving mask represents ego. It gives you the ability to see within the realm that you're in things clearly, but you would never say to the diving mask, oh, you're in control, right? No, you know the, what the mechanism is for. The ego is a construct that helps to see clearly within the physical realm and you have to have it while you're here. It can be positive, it can be negative depending on how you use it, the physical mind. If you, if you give too much power to the physical mind, it freaks out, tries to control everything. And that's typically what people call negative ego. Um, but if you give some of that balance and power to your intuition, which is your higher mind, your non-physical mind, and you balance those two out, then you don't get too wrapped up in concept of ego. People think it's such a like bad ego and everything's bad and I have to get rid of it. Well, if you get rid of it, you're dead. Sorry, you can't live in this reality <laughs> without one. So good luck. Right, exactly. Uh, I don't know. I feel inclined to ask with your family, how how are they with their intuition? Do they look to you for advice regarding intuition or how do they how do they take it? So with my kids, I started long, long ago guiding them back to themselves with things like decision-making. It started in fourth grade, like it started a long time ago. So they have had tons of practice and part of intuition is decision-making. Like what is the right decision for me, right? And so they're interwoven. So they don't usually need guidance from me necessarily. What they want is someone to lean on, someone for, for them to listen to. They don't really want my guidance and advice, uh, but they're pretty, pretty um, adept at working through and intuitively know what the right step is for them in any given situation. But I've given them that control from very early on. Um, my husband doesn't, nah, <laughs> he's not involved in my work and anything like that. But perhaps, you know, having built your intuition and that understanding, I'm sure it's, it changed you as a, as a parent and, and taught you how to respond to your children. Yeah. And when I understood that I have an inner guidance, I had to make that component of parenting. You have an inner guidance short person and you need to trust it, right? Because my advice is looking through my eyes. It's my perspective, but it doesn't mean it's right for you, little person. You know, and it, it, I just, I knew early on, I remember there was a day where I was so sick of parenting in fear. Uh, the kids were really sick when they were little and we were going to all these doctor's appointments. And there was a time where I lost Isabella at this massive 15,000 person concert. And I just was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't parent from fear. So I have to parent from my own intuition, but I also have to parent by letting you have your own relationship with your intuition, your guidance system, your decisions, because otherwise, you know, they depend on us forever. And while that seems like a nice idea as a parent who's, you know, wants to be the one who saves your kids, it's not really a healthy idea. Yeah, I see what you mean, because then they don't learn the life skills to take care of themselves as adults when things really get scary. <laughs> yes. And having and being a child whose parent died when they were 20, I understand the benefit of knowing that oh, you can God. handle anything yeah. and that you have soul teams and spirit guides and an inner guidance and you are taken care of. You are never alone. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. Uh, so you've um, also authored, authored a book 
and done all these amazing things. You, you have a course, like all these things that I'm sure were, were intuitively guided for you so that you can help others really benefit from, from what it is that they do. Do you want to explain how, maybe how that, those processes looked for you from going from maybe having an idea to having, you know, a tangible book and, you know, courses and in this different place? Yeah. You know, I started with many years ago, what is exciting to me? So I picked topics like I called the course visualization mastery, and there's actually like a 101 and a 201. I did a course on intuition. I did a course on law of attraction. I did a course on abundance mindset. So I started teaching on a platform to get student feedback, to figure out, well, does this even make sense to you guys? Like the way that I'm trying to approach it and the way that I approached it was I knew that it had to be independence based. The whole energy of the course had to be that when you're done with this, you don't need me because there's so much in, there's so much dependence um, when it comes to learning and courses and coaching and all this stuff. I'm like, I don't want dependence. I want independence. So from right from the beginning, I set that as a platform, as an as a energy that, that is interwoven into everything that I do. And then I said, what is fun? What is exciting? And I know that was intuitively guided. So I just did everything that I thought was fun in the way that I thought it was fun. That's exactly how I created the courses, knowing that there had to be objectives and things like that, transformations that the people had. But other than that, like one of the courses that I did, the visualization mastery course, inside the topics that I teach, inside the content, I actually created a fiction story. So there's a character that you see evolve alongside of the concepts I'm trying to teach you because we resonate with fiction. People get fiction. They get really involved with the characters. They understand that they don't fight it as much as they fight it with their, with their own self. Makes um, sense. So I did that. And then from there, once I, I knew I had a formula for creating independence in students, I then stepped away from that platform and went to one where I could have more direct relationship with students. And from there, I created the Accelerate Your Mojo, Seven Simple Steps to Ignite Intuition, Shake Up Here and, and Unleash Real You. And I just followed what I thought was fun. I thought, what do I need? And I thought, if I leave this planet today, what do I want to have for my kids, for them to, to rely on as a, a guidance so that they can follow their own guidance. It's like a guidance mechanism to follow their own guidance. Mm -hmm. So, and even now, as I'm writing this book, The Halfways, which is a, a guidebook to strengthening your intuitive connection, I'm doing it intuitively. So I've got the podcast that I'm making about the writing of the book. And as I write the book, I'm just doing whatever is fun for me. Like the first opening sentence sounds or opening paragraph sounds more like a fiction book. Why? Because you're supposed to grab your reader. So I wrote it. I don't know mm -hmm. if it'll stay in there, but anything that I put action into, it's because it's fun for me. So the whole way this book will be, and I don't know if in this book, I'll add a fiction character that you can follow their journey, or if that might be a separate book or you know, I looked up, but there, there are basic components. Like I looked up, what is the basic structure of a fiction story? And I'm thinking, well, how can I create these story beats in a non-fictional context? Because it works. So everything is about fun for me. If it's fun, I will do it. I will add it. 
and that's how I'm guided. I don't do things that I think I should do anymore because that's what I did for a long time. And it's just boring. I don't want to do that. Yeah, that is boring. <laughs> I mean, granted, there are some things, right? Like we have to pay our bills and we have to well, do of some of the boring things. But then yes. if you can add more fun into your life just by following what feels good, it can make such a big difference. Well, I even shifted how I paid my bills. I used to put them in a pile and then get really stressed over paying them for many years. Um, now I get it in the mail and I pay it because it's the most fun I can do. Literally, I, I yeah. get it out of the way. I just put it into the auto pay and shred it. Oh, yeah. Done. There you go. I've also heard too, speaking of paying bills, uh, that mindset is important too, as far as like, not looking at it like, oh, I have to pay my bills, but looking at it like, I'm so fortunate to have electricity or to have a house that I can pay for those sorts of things. So sometimes just the mindset change can, can make a difference as well. Uh, for, especially for those who maybe haven't found those tasks to be very exciting in the past. Yeah. I mean, the biggest tip that I got with mindset is this actually emotional based. So you have to, you have to find a way to feel better about it because that's where mindset comes from. It comes through the vibrational, atmosphere and we recognize what our mindset's potentially going to be by how we feel because you can separate intellectually you can be thinking in one direction but if you're feeling in another in fact often my clients will at around because I do sessions with them 15 sessions it's over nine to 12 months and then about session four or five they're like does anyone ever say to you that it just you know that it doesn't feel like it's working I'm like yeah because here's what's happening you're relying on your intellect you're relying on what you were taught to do is memorize the information. You got to get in touch with how you feel because that's how you know what you truly believe. Saying you believe it doesn't, doesn't mean that's what you believe. You have to get in touch with your emotions. So mindset about paying bills, if you're just going, you know, trying to, trying to talk your way into feeling better about paying bills, but your stomach isn't a knot, you know that you don't feel good. So you have to mm-hmm. find some way to ease it back a little bit to the place where you can you know, untie that knot a little bit and relax. And for each person, you follow your intuition as to how to get there. That makes sense. So it's, there's no faking it till you make it. (laughs) No, not in the sense where people try to override and use their intellect to dismiss how they actually feel. I mean, now I know that it is absolutely essential that you recognize how you feel because it's telling you what your active belief is. So if you ignore how you feel, Good luck. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, I, and that's what intuition works all about, isn't it? You yeah. Know? I, I agree with you too. I think, you know, the best work that we can do is to teach people how to not need people like us, <laughs> not yes. in that sense, but maybe like as a, as a, as, you know, as a fellow supporter, as collaboration, that's one thing, but having to you know, see a medium uh, to connect with their own guides or higher self or past loved ones. If we can teach everyone to do that, because like you said, everyone is intuitive. Everyone has the capability. It's just a matter of being in that right headspace and having the patience and the trust to get there. But everybody has that capability to do it. Well, even recognizing like you and I connected, what, two days ago on Facebook when you did the Facebook Live? That was intuitively guided from start to finish by the fact that I actually have my phone sitting next to me. I saw it ping up. I clicked on it. I went into it. I asked for a reading. And then you talked about my dad. All of that was intuitively guided. Now, it wasn't, there wasn't any massive stimulus in my body. 
right? It was just movements that I went through, but it was completely 100% soul team and intuition guided, the whole thing. There's such huge benefit to just recognizing how easy it is. You are already working with your intuition and it's just about recognizing that when it happens seamlessly, that's it. I was looking at a picture of my dad, even before you spoke, and the picture intensified. And by, by what I mean is I felt his presence intensify. It was <laughs> like the picture got more intense. And then you talked about um, aspects of my dad that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, your dad was definitely there. <laughs> so even when you do work with a medium, it's going to be intuitively guided and it's going to be easy. It shouldn't feel like hard work. It shouldn't feel laborious. It, it shouldn't tire you out. If you feel tired, it's because you're resisting all the, the natural flow state that's coming through and you're probably resisting it because you doubt yourself. You doubt that it's real. You think you can't do it. I mean, those are the things that make you tired. Working with intuition makes you invigorated. Oh, yeah, I agree with that 100%. And it's funny, because on your end, it was all intuitively guided. On my end, it was intuitively guided. because I'm like, okay, it feels really good. I need to schedule a Facebook live reading. And I did it knowing that I was going to connect for somebody because I just knew I was being intuitively guided to do it. And uh, both of our intuitions were, were kicking up a notch. And then look how it sort of came together. Um, and just allowed for you to get a reading and then whoever else was intuitively guided as well. Cause like you said, it was, it's just the following, like the, the motions going through the motions of, huh, this popped up. I feel like looking at it, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. opening it up. Like that's intuition. Just like you said, it, it doesn't have to be so profound. It could just really be these little baby steps. Yeah. And I think the pro profound part might come when you actually are able to resonate with the idea that both my dad and our soul teams, and they had a hand in sending vibrations our way that we would translate as an inclination to click, as an inclination to do that. You know, everything is synchronistically orchestrating itself. Like we don't need to worry about any, we do, but <laughs> we don't need to. Yep. In fact, I'm desensitizing my, my senior to this concept that if you're a parent and you worry more, that somehow means you love your kids more. Because I'm like, I'm not worried about you. You got this. And they're like, what? I'm like, <laughs> dude, that doesn't mean I don't love you. I love you 150%. But let's stop making the amount of worry that a parent has synonymous with the amount of love that they have. They're not the same thing. I definitely agree. And I just feel like that would come with intuition work. It's just one of the things I think that just kind of intuitively gets learned when you start to do that type of work. Yeah. I mean, you find the topics that you want to explore, that you need to explore, you know, through your physical perspective. They show up, they happen, you know, we all get to do them from all of these different vantage points, these per different perspectives. And that's the beauty is not only the diversity of the physical form, but the diversity of the um, non-physical guidance. It's incredibly diverse. So what advice would the Allison of today give the Allison, uh, the young Allison, who maybe, you know, was going through the, those tough times with her sister and, and that whole incident, what advice would you give her? 
you know, someone asked me that before and my inclination is not to advise her, but to hug her because what she needed was a hug that in that hug communicated, you're doing just fine. You know, Mm -hmm. I just needed someone to be in alignment so that I could be in their presence. I was in the presence of a lot of misaligned people. I think that had that happened, I would have organically gravitated to my own alignment if I had that role model for myself. Well, Allison, I just really want to thank you so much for your time and for this great conversation. Intuition is so important. And that was another episode of a guided life podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.